Luke chapter number 15, when you find your place, say amen. Verse number 25, the Bible said, Nabal's elder son was in the field, and he came and drew nigh to the house, and he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. If you got to ask what worship means, you need help from God. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound, and he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out. I'm glad God will come out. Even when we ain't right. He'll come to where we are. And entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgress I at any time thy commandment, yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, didn't call him his brother, this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatty calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make Mary and be glad for this Thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Father, I love you and I bless you and I praise you. Thank you for Brother Grabley and his family and these people in this place. God, you know what's on my heart this afternoon. I pray you'd fill me and anoint me. God, help us to overcome a weary spirit, a tiresomeness. God, I pray that your spirit would speak to ours. And I pray the word of God would have free course. God, touch somebody in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. You know the story of Luke chapter number 15. You got two sons and a dad and a farm. The younger son takes everything that he's got and goes to the world and wastes it. And I'm not really interested in that younger son, though we will look at him here in a moment. I'm interested in the one that stayed home. As a parent, I would like to pat him on the back and say, thank you for staying. I'm glad you didn't go to the world. I'm glad you don't know what liquor tastes like. I'm glad you kept your virginity. I'm glad you're a worker. I'm glad you're pure. Son, you got a problem. He has come to his father and said, this thy son, he's wasted his living. He's come home and you've given him a fatted calf. And you never even gave me a kid. He's comparing the calf to a goat. And then the father makes this wonderful statement and all that I have is mine. And when everything God's got, you got your eyes on one calf. I mean, when God the Father owns a cattle on a thousand hills, and we get tunnel vision and get our eyes on one cow, 
to a fornicating rebel that got right with God? You're willing to trade places with him to have one calf? When you church kids have already got it all. I want to preach on this simple subject just for a little while this afternoon. Don't trade the farm for a calf. Don't get your eyes on one calf when you already got it all. If it ever dawned on us how loaded we are cause our father's loaded and how good we got it. Hey, that God's got it all. That we're rich beyond compare in everything. That God's God is ours. We won't waste our time eyeballing somebody else's calf. And we won't get upset when a few ribeyes get passed out. And we won't get upset when somebody else gets right with God. And when somebody else comes home. Hey, don't trade the farm for a calf. You see, the younger son had traded the farm for cash. The elder brother wanted to trade the farm for a calf. But the father of the example said her, ain't trading the farm for nothing. <laughs> you young people, you feel that you're in prison and you want to go taste the world and test it out. Can I just be blunt with you and tell you what you are? You're a fool's what you are. You got a daddy that's gonna take care of you and a mama that prays for you and a church that'll preach to you and a pastor that loves you with all your heart and a pastor's wife that'll pray for you and you got a church that'll help you out with any need you got and you get jealous and you get envious and you're sitting around well nobody ever pats me on the back and I'm not getting enough attention around the church house and around the house of God and I think nobody notices what I do and nobody notices of a load I bear. Remember, I'm telling you right now, he's a God in heaven that knows everything you do, that sees everything you do, every ounce of sweat that you've ever born for God. He sees it all. Some of you sitting here, I wish I had Brother Morgan's testimony. I wish I would have poured my beer out and my whiskey out. And I'm sitting there saying, I wish I had your testimony. <laughs> I wish uh, he's sitting, well, I, I, I didn't pour my beer and my whiskey out. And I, I didn't, I didn't. Uh, you know how much I like your testimony better than I like mine? Because I got three children sitting back here. I don't want them to pour no whiskey out, no beer out. I don't want them to know what the world tastes like. Hey, man, what's wrong? Up of being in a, raised in a good environment. One day realizing you lost. Getting out of conviction and getting saved and being able to stand and testify that God. I don't know what's wrong with some of you kids that never left the farm. 
I don't know why you won't go in. I don't know why you won't shout. I don't know why you won't worship. I don't know why you won't get excited. Amen. I'd be more excited about never having drank and being saved than I did. Getting saved off a bar stool. I'd be more excited about being pure than I would be impure. I'd be more fired up about not knowing what it's like than of being a bar at three o'clock in the night. Thank God and being saved by the grace of God. I'd be more excited about my ignorance of the world than I would getting up bragging on how much beer you used to drink and how much pot you used to smoke. By the way, it don't matter whether you're a ditch digger or a drunk or a doper or a church kid. We all got saved from the same hell, washed in the same blood on our way to the same heaven. Three or four simple truths I'd like to magnify just for a little while this afternoon and I'll get out of the way. If he would have traded the farm for a calf, let's study the life that he would have had to have lived in order to have done it. Brother, here he is. He's got the servants. He's got the bread. He's got the father. He's got got his room, got his clothes, everything. He's got it. He's got it. He has no need to even go to Walmart and pick anything up. He has no need to go to the grocery store. Everything he's got's right there on the farm. And by the way, young people, for those of you that have stayed, can I tell you, your home is not a prison. I was praying this summer and begging God for wisdom. Our homes aren't a prison, they're a paradise. And they ought to be the closest thing out of heaven on earth. It's a good coffee mama and a coffee daddy. Hey, it ain't building walls. Is protecting you from the world that'll chew you up and spit you out. The life he would have lived, it would have been a wasted life. The younger brother, if we can compare notes, wasted his substance with riotous living, wasted his virginity, wasted his purity, wasted his. Holiness, wasted his testimony, wasted his heritage, wasted what he'd been trained. He knew better than to be there. He was a Jew boy. Luke 14, 15, and 16, there is an underlying message to the Jews in all three of those chapters. And in our chapter, there is a Jew boy that has no business being in a pig pen, has no business messing with the hogs. It was an unclean animal, and God said, I don't stay away from it. But now here he is. I turned his back on everything he'd been trained, everything he'd been raised for. I'm telling you right now, you turn your back on old time religion, you break your preacher's heart, you break your mom and daddy's heart, you go against the word of God. Don't waste it. If I'd have preached my papa's funeral before he got right with God, I'd have preached him in hell. My papa, he got saved as a young man, got out of God's will, got to drinking real bad, running around. I'm just a vile, wicked man. Never seen God in him. My mama died, it tendered his heart. He had a heart attack that really tendered his spiritual heart. And he didn't make no announcements. He didn't go to the church and say, I got right with God. He didn't stand up and make no apologies. He just got right with God. And he'd start coming here, me and my brother preaching. And he'd, he'd, he'd talk to us and one day, 
He said, you got any more than papers? And I said, what papers you talking about? He said, them papers that says Jesus saves. I said, they summon a truck. He said, good. I said, what are you doing with them? He said, well, I wasn't gonna say nothing, but I'm going down to 7th Avenue in Hendersonville, and I've just been passing them out to them black people down there, hoping somebody would get saved by the grace of God. That was my papa. And you'd ask my wife, God, I tendered his heart. And one day, with a broken heart, he leaned up against the truck of my brother, and he looked my brother in his eyes and with tears running down his face he said Matthew whatever you do don't waste your life like I wasted mine I can't get it back it's gone it's wasted I mean you're going to trade it you're going to waste your life you don't want to waste your life do you you want to live your life for Jesus don't you you want to give it all to God don't you You want to be completely surrendered and sold out to God, don't you? You want to stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ? Hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, don't you? You want to be what God wants you to be? Well, God may call me to Africa, so what? He may call me to Brazil, so what? I'd rather stand on foreign fields and proclaim the word of God. Is that one trade out? For one calf that was for a man that had been to the world, a wasted life. It it would have been a wicked life. It would have been ungodly. It would have been a life of fornication, a life of adultery, a life of drug abuse, a life of drinking, a life of whiskey, a life of liquor, a life of pornography. By the way, it's still good for a man not to touch a woman. Say amen right there. and let me let me just clear the air. Does that mean that I can bump into her and hug her? No, you no, you don't bump into them. You don't hug them. You don't you don't touch the one you're going to marry until the preacher says you may now kiss the bride. Amen. And you can be like I was when the preacher said you may now kiss the bride. As God, my socks fell down, my shirt rolled up, and I still ain't got my shirt tucked all the way in. And it's been 21 years. Amen. It's worth the wait for the right mate. You keep your hands off of them. Stay out of the back seat and keep your clothes off and stay away from the rock and roll and the country music and the gossip and the backbiting and the wickedness and girls keep your clothes on and stay on the cannon pads and don't wear bikinis and boys keep the trash out of your mouth and keep it out of your heart you don't want to live wicked you want to live clean you want to live holy you want to live righteous They made fun. Brother John, you preach like this all the time. Thank you for being observative. I'm planning on it. I ain't a changing. I asked God this morning never to let me lose a burden for young people. I've seen too many of them waste their lives. I've seen too many of them run their lives. I've seen too many of them. I've signed their Bible and prayed with them. And now, they ain't nothing but another illustration that I preach Try to reach them and they won't get with you. Try to talk to them, they won't get with you. Wicked life. You don't want to live a wicked life, do you? I got cousins in hell tonight, today. I got an uncle in hell today. I got aunts in hell today. I got friends in hell today. I seen a buddy of mine, he's in hell right now. I seen him about five years ago and he came up to me and he said, oh, Morgan, I ain't seen you in 50, that time, 17, 18, 
old oh, it had been 23, 24 years. And uh, he said, man, the last time I seen you, me and you was, uh, and I stopped him right there. I said, there's no use in talking about what me and you did the last time we was together. I remember it very well. I wish I could get it out of my mind. He said, but we had so much fun. I said, did I ever tell you about the night I went to an old-fashioned Baptist church and the preacher preached against my sin and told me I was going to hell without God and I got on an altar and by faith went to Calvary and got saved by the grace of God thanks to Calvary I'm not the man I used to be it's different I'm changed I'm saved great God it's good to be saved ain't it? thank God I'm glad that I don't live like that anymore ain't drinking no more ain't partying no more it's different I got a phone call here a couple years ago you hear about so-and-so? I said, no. I got the witness to him telling him about Jesus. He drunk himself to death. He's in hell. Wasted life. It would have been a wasted life. It would have been a, it would have been a wasted substance. Everything that this young man had was a gift. It was a gift to him. That's what I don't like about this generation. Y'all ain't working for nothing. Can I just, I'm gonna be your friend, but I'm gonna tell you, I believe with all my heart, and I really love you, and I wanna be your friend, but I believe I'm looking at some of the laziest slobs I've ever looked at in my life sitting in this building today. You boys don't know how to run a weed eater. You wouldn't know what a lawnmower is. You're better at washing dishes and vacuuming the floor than you are getting outside cutting wood and building a fire. This is the most effeminate, sissy boy generation I've ever seen in my life, and I know your mama don't like it, but she's the one that made a sissy out of you in hell, and both of you ought to get right with God. Say amen. I don't care whether you like it or not. Amen. I feel that old spirit coming on me right now. I don't give a blue john. I tell you right now, we need some young men that know how to work. We need some young men that ain't soft, that ain't sissies, that knows how to work. Go ahead and put your lip out and go cry to your mom. Amen. You might as well do it right now, right here in front of everybody, because you're going to. Mama, that preacher hurt my feelings. Bring it back tonight, and we'll preach to him again. <laughs> Amen. You girls couldn't cook yourself out of a wet paper bag. Amen. Miracle of God, these young men make it past the first two years of getting married, amen. Praise God. Somebody say amen right there. You ought to know how to cook and sew and clean. Amen. You're not to be like a boy. You're to be like a girl. Amen. And why am I getting on this? I don't know. I don't care. I'm going to preach it anyhow. Amen. We need young ladies. I better be young ladies. And young men. I better be young men. And walk with God. And get rid of this. A 65 generation. And get back. And I'm walking with God. And work out. Hallelujah! 
You know, 25 years ago, y'all have done shattered me down 15 times. We'd have done been running the building. We'd have done been standing on the pews. But this salt salt a society, we're living in a day that does not like preaching. Amen. Well, praise God. It'd have been wasted the gift of God. You know how to. You know, your daddy taught you how to work. That's a gift. Girls, your mama taught you how to keep a house. That's a gift. Amen. That's exactly right. You need to know how to, ladies, you need to, we was in a meeting here a couple of weeks ago and they were playing the stupidest game that I've ever seen in my life. They were playing the man card game. And they handed me a man card and I said, I ain't losing mine for nothing or nobody. Amen. They said, have you, if you never run a chainsaw, turn your man card in. I said, I'm keeping it on that one, baby. Amen. And they said, if you've ever used uh, uh, a, a woman's soap to take a bubble bath, keep your man. I kept my man card. There's a couple of them sissies had to walk up there and turn it back in. Amen to God. I said, all right, I'm doing good now. And then, then they said, now, if you did not pack your clothes or iron your suits and your wife packed your own clothes for you to come to get this, this meeting, then you need to turn your man card in. I got up with pride in my heart and said, you know what? I got a good woman at home. It don't bother me one bit. She took care of me. She keeps the kids. She keeps me. Amen to God. I tell you, you can't put a value on a good woman. You can't put a price tag on a woman that knows how to take care of a man and take care of her kids and take care of the house. Amen. Amen. I better get an amen right there right quick. You little girls gonna roll up, grow up and be a bunch of ruly devils. Ain't no man gonna tell me what to do. Ain't no man gonna run my life. Ain't no man gonna do this or that. Oh, Lord, you're in for a rude awakening if you marry a real man. Somebody said, and I'm not for beating the women down. I know I'll be misunderstood. I'm for loving my wife. You loving your wife. I'm for being good to them and kind to them. Amen, and letting the women be women. But I'm also for the men being men. Somebody say man right there. God, you can forget the message. I don't got sidetracked up in here. I'm telling you right now, he wasted his life. He wasted a gift. I mean, it's a big he wasted it. I know preachers right now, young preachers, their daddy blazed a trail for the glory of God. Brother Waters, you know what they said? They said, well, the only thing I'm doing is riding my daddy's coattail in the ministry, and I'm gonna quit riding his coattail. Can I just go ahead and be honest with you? Parker Fuller, if my daddy was an old-fashioned Holy Ghost, God-breathed Bible expository preacher like what you got, if the only doors that ever opened up for me was cause who my daddy was, you know what I'd do? I'd walk up in that place and say, thank God I got a daddy that walked with God, that blazed a trail, and somebody say amen right there. I tell you, it's a gift of God. Your daddy blazed a trail. Your mama blazed the trail. It's a gift of God. Don't throw it away. Don't throw it away. It was a wasted lie. Wasted. Oh, my, my, my daddy, he's got a business and he wants to leave it to me. Look up in here. 
if it's a good business, it's a family business, and you don't take it because you want to be your own man, and you don't want to do it. Hey, you're dumber than a box of rocks is all I know how to tell you. Brother, I tell you, you kids that have stayed on the farm, just born with a silver spoon in your mouth, you got it made a whole lot better than what you thought you had. Hey, man, mama loves you, dad. I can't emphasize this enough that you got it made. It's the grace of God. It's a gift of God. It's a guarded life. You're gonna throw away a life of protection over one cow. It was a guarded life. Amen. I see brother Gravely and him and I, brother Eric, my wife, our wives got a lot in common. Sister Georgia, Sister Nolita, Sister Morgan, some of the sweetest, nicest ladies you'll ever meet on planet Earth. Mess with their children and let's talk about how sweet and nice they are now. Amen. You, you mess with them. That quiet, meek-spirited mama, she coming out of her shell and she gonna have something to say to you, Hoss. Is that right? You don't mess with mama's babies. Do you children realize how blessed you are? I don't think you're picking up what I'm putting down. Do you realize how blessed you are to have a daddy that'll get up and take his coat off and fight for you if he has to. To have a daddy that'll get up and go to work every morning to pay your bills and to get you through school. To have a daddy that'll whip you and discipline you and chastise you and say no to you every once in a while. To have a mama that'll say no of the world and get my children in the world and coming in this house. Don't train the farm for a cat. I guess if I had to pick a favorite preacher on planet Earth, and nobody get mad, nobody get upset, who's John's favorite preacher? I guess it'd be old Pastor Brother Reigns. He helped me more than any of them. He taught me the importance and the value of a balanced ministry. Probably ain't got too much of one right now, but <laughs> he wasn't lazy. He taught us to pray and taught us to work. What a gift, Brother Doug. What a, you hear it all the time. I know you do. I'm going to try to put you on. What a gift. That man of God laid all three of my children up on that super huge sized family, King James Bible. When Elizabeth was born, he took Elizabeth and laid her up there and we dedicated her to God. When we, when we, when we, when we had the twins, Miss Rains got Lydia and Brother Rains got JP, put them up on that Bible and dedicated them to God. I gave them to God. I gave my children to God. This past summer, I was in earnest. Don't pat me on the back, okay? I don't pray like I should most of the time. Just past summer, Brother Ellis, God let me get in the prayer closet. I was in earnest, fervent prayer. Can I say that without y'all think I'm bragging? Was that was there any pride at Brother Waters? I'm sorry, but I can't, I'm gonna be honest. It's what I was doing. And I said, God, here they are. These children of yours. I give them to you years ago. Here they are, Lord, I'm taking my hands off. 
all three of them are yours. And you know, God done the most amazing thing. He didn't do what I thought he was supposed to do. Do you know what God did? He gave them right back to me. He said, take care of them. Real parenting is every one of us parents opening up our hearts and letting God love our children through us. That's being a real mom and a real daddy. Love of God shed abroad in our hearts, but I don't cry on my children every day and I don't have an emotional moment. My son and I, we don't cry every morning and hug, but every once in a while. There'll be a time when I tell my child, I love you. So don't waste your life. I gotta, gotta move on. Waste, it was a guarded life. It would have been a wandering life with no direction. No direction at all. Oh, I don't have time to testify of the times that I have said, Lord, I need direction. And he gave it to me. Yeah. I didn't know I had to live a life. It would have been a wanting life, empty. It would have been a wishful life. You'd been sitting over there wishing you was back at home. You'd been sitting over there with, man, I wish I was walking with God. You'd be like that prodigal was, man. He could smell the bread even though he wasn't nowhere near it and the aroma of that bread and he could see the servants in his mind and in his heart and he'd just wishing that I could go back and wishing I could be there again. Neighbor, I don't want to live a wishful life. I want to live a life in the fullness of God, serving God. Hey, young people, look up here. Can I quote my wife just for a minute? Hey, man, every time she gets plugged in and testifies, she'll say something like this. There's no other life that I'd rather live than to live it for him. The best life that you'll ever have is staying on the farm. Number two, hurriedly, let's notice the look he had, his perspective, how he was seeing things when he was wanting to trade the farm for a calf. He had his eyes on his brother instead of the father. He spent more time examining his younger brother than he did with the father. You get your eyes on people, you will drive yourself crazy. I love both of you men on this platform, but if all I did was studied you and followed you, and all I did was looked at you and Brother Wagner, I, I mean this from my heart. My, our, our kids at the church and my children love to hear you preach. And if all I did was studied you and followed you, and Brother Floyd, if that's all I did, Brother Doug, was followed you men and studied you men, I'd drive myself crazy. Oh, but I like that verse that said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, had the cross is passing the shame. Thank God I'm glad we've got somebody that we can look at and look to that won't get you discouraged, that won't get you depressed, that won't get you defeated. He'll give you revival. He'll give you redemption. He'll give you help. He'll give you hope. He'll give you grace. He's looking at himself. Lo, these many years do I Sir, what about me? He was looking at South. He was looking at his own service. Boy, isn't that a snare of the devil? 
That's why I don't go through my date book and count how many revival meetings I preach every year. Two things might happen. I might get proud if it's full. I might get depressed if it's empty. I have evangelists come up to me every once in a while and say, how many meetings did you preach last year? I ain't telling you. You're dying to tell me how many you preached if you preached more than old brother John P. did. <laughs> Amen. I ain't been preaching as long as he has. I'm booked up more than he is. So what? You keep that proud, arrogant head on your shoulders and it'll get popped out and you won't be preaching no worse. Say amen right there. Then the missionaries come up. How, how far along are you in your deputation? Well, I'm, I'm only at 10%. How long have you been on the, on the deputation trial? I've been there a year. Well, I've only been there six months and I'm already at 80%. You should have kept your fat mouth shut. That's what you should have done. And can I just, I'm going to say it the way some of y'all want to say it, but ain't got enough nerve to say it, all right? You should have kept your fat mouth shut and quit comparing yourselves among yourselves. That's what this brother's doing. Yeah, he's been out there living with the harlots. I've been up here living clean. I'm holier than he is. I don't necessarily call it the pharisaical attitude. I call it that attitude of superiority. Like I'm way up here and you're way down there. Never can I remind you that the ground's level at the cross and we're all going to hell and we all needed a savior. Amen. And there ain't no big eyes or little use in the economy of God. He. He was, he was, he was, he said, look, all these many years I serve you, daddy. He was looking, now this is the crazy thing. Tell me if I'm wrong. He was looking for a reward that he already had. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> he was looking for something he already had. How many of you has ever got your cell phone out, called your wife and said, honey, I've lost my phone. I can't find it. <laughs> you bunch of liars, amen, they want amen right there. Honey, I can't find my phone. And then your wife's showing you, well, I don't know where it could be. Let me help you pray about this. Let's find out where it's at. Amen. Try to, try to hit that locate thing wherever it's at. Amen. Brother, I tell you, hey, we already got it. It's like that old fella that was poor and he saved up his money all them years and he wanted to go on a cruise and he bought the ticket for a cruise and, 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 he went, and the captain got to noticing that, that he went wasn't at breakfast, he wasn't at lunch, he wasn't at supper. For days, he never showed up to a meal. And finally, on the last day, the captain went to him and said, sir, I've noticed you hadn't eaten any of the meals. And that man looked at him and said, well, captain, I'm a poor man. All I had money was for the ticket, and I didn't have no money for food. I brought saltine crackers and water, and that's what I've been eating and drinking. And the captain said, let me see your ticket. And he showed it to him. He said, mister, you should have read the ticket. It said all expenses paid, all meals included. Everything was paid for when you bought the ticket. Can I remind you today everything was paid for at Calvary. When we got saved, he paid it all. Amen to God. I feel like preaching up in here a little bit tonight. You looking for something you already got. He's been good to us. He's been kind to us. He's here now. Stay with God. He was looking for a reward he already had, but then he was looking for recognition. 
Here, do me a favor. Can you stand up for me? Do me a favor. Would you pat me on the back? Oh, I need some more. Come here, give me some more. Oh, but I mean, gently, gently. I mean, come on, I'm, uh, I'm cocked. Ready to go back. He gets plugged in the Holy Ghost. He gets violent. I mean, y'all ever notice that? I feel I got the spirit of Ricky Gravelin on me. <laughs> oh, I need some recognition. I think I need my name up on the marquee. Hey, people ask me all the time. Well, don't ask me. Every, every year, somebody. So why you sit on the platform with Brother Eric, Brother Randy, and Brother Gravelin? And my answer is always the same. The pastor asked me to sit there. I didn't ask for that seat. <laughs> you gotta be crazy to go trying to put yourself in the limelight. Come on up in here with me. Those old time men of God was right when they said hide yourself, lay with God, get usable, and God will use you. So I need some recognition. I don't know what his name was. I, I'm not gonna do it. There's about three names just. Whoosh. <laughs> and they're all initials too. <laughs> Look, never mind. I, can I just say that I'd rather hear a fat baby burp as I would hear any of that crowd preach. I, I need, oh yeah. That's why men do what they do, looking for recognition. Their diatrophies is one of the greatest things as a young creature, one of the greatest, young creature, young preacher, what a creature, yeah. One of the greatest things anybody ever said to me, to my face, it was a lady, I'll tell you who it was after church, if you'll keep it between me and you. It was a lady, as a young preacher, looked at me and said, John, don't be a doctor, face. I said, I got mad. And I went and prayed about it, and the Holy Spirit said, she's right, don't be a doctor, face. You're looking for recognition. Oh my, on and on we could go. Hey, he was, he was listening to the wrong things. He had a listening problem, verse 30. How did he know about his brother's past? When he never did go to the world and try to get him. And why, I don't know if this is the case, but it looks like it to me. If I'm wrong, correct me after the service, please. I'll take the correction. Why is he just now waiting to tell his daddy how wicked his son is? You know, if that would have been me and one of my children came to me ratting another child out and it had any age to it at all, Dad, my brother, or my sister, three years ago did this. Ooh, why am I just now finding out about it? What happens in a situation like that? Everybody get your weapon! Oh, you thought we was going to let you off the hook. 
And I said, whooping. And some of you youngins ain't never had a whooping in your life. And if your mama or your daddy was to whoop you, you'd be like, my daddy was. My daddy pulled his belt off one day. said, boy, get in the deal. I'm going to light you up. Pulled that belt off. Sounded like a machine gun going through them belt loops. I said, I'm calling the law on you, daddy. DF's house fixing to get a phone call. He said, all right, but we got something we got to do before we can do that. Took me in there and blistered my hide. And then you know what he did? Took me in the kitchen where the phone was hanging on the wall. Handed me the phone. <laughs> call on. I come home from school one day. With, have I preached too long? I need to quit. I come home to school one day with a note and the, and, and the teacher said, it is, our, it is our opinion that John needs to be placed on some medication such as Ritalin because he can't sit down and the paddlings don't seem to be working. And my mama come to my daddy and said, Paul, look at this letter. We got to put that boy on medication. My daddy yanked his belt off again and said, I got his medicine well. And they lit my heart up. Hey, you know what I want to do right now? here publicly I want to thank God for every time my daddy ever blistered my heart my daddy made me get out of bed made me go to work amen to God somebody say amen well so much for being homiletically correct and being polite I always pray, God, these nice guys that come to this meeting and preach, I love them. Let some of what they got rub off on me. <laughs> Y'all are doing a great job. <laughs> he, look, he's listening to the wrong thing. What you listening to? Oh, wait a minute. No. Hey, boy, we're doing great. We ain't got them in public school. They ain't wearing bikinis and shorts. When they do play ball, they got their clothes on. It's good, ain't it? It's the way it ought to be. We ain't watching junk. Say man right there. Ain't watching trash. Ain't listening to trash. Often the family altar deals with gossip. I guess one of the most used words in our home is shut up. <laughs> You should be more polite. Okay, I'll try. Amen. That's just us. It's who we are. God's blessed me with a good family. But it don't matter how guarded you have your children. Temptation's coming. Just because it's gold, don't, just because it glitters don't mean it's gold. Oh, they walked in the back door, man. The wife had a dress on, dragging the floor. The man had a King James Bible. All the children were dressed right. They shouted and cried the whole time during church. And man, they'd just been here six months and they joined the church. And, and now I come to find out they're the wickedest people in the church house. And they have ruined your children. God has given our wives, brethren, that what I like to call that red flag. And God has given us, brethren, that red flag. 
And there's times I tell my children, you stay away from that person. I didn't have to have a phone call from a friend. I didn't have to have a text. Hey, your children hanging around some bad people. No, hey, but daddy, don't but daddy me. You listen to the world and they'll tell you don't believe in God and they'll tell you it's all right to be sodomites and it's all right to fornicate and it's all right to smoke and drink and dope it up. That's why I'm leery. You kids get raised up in a good Christian education then you go to the world to get college. You first, your first professor stands up and says there ain't no God. You stand up and say there is. You do like Mays Jackson did. When that professor said there ain't no God, Brother Mays Jack said, my mama went and prayed and we didn't have no groceries. And the next thing we know, we had biscuits and molasses on the table. And old Brother Mays looked at that professor and said, if there ain't no God, who put them biscuits and molasses on my table? There is a God. Who you listening? Then, then I last I'm done. We're, we're, look what he'd have lost out on. He'd have lost out on the wealth of the Father, the warmth of fellowship, a worship that comes from forgiveness, a welcome of the faithful. Whoever's coming, whatever you want to do, let's, let's do something. Please, I don't, I don't want a bad attitude. I've got a bad attitude. I don't want a bad attitude. I ain't apologizing for nothing I said. She ain't careful. You get, you get some boldness in you. There's four simple things. I'm not going to preach them. I'm going to list them. Don't trade the farm as we stand all over the building. Brother Daniel, please play softly. Don't trade the farm for a calf. Y'all with me? In your marriage. Won't never be the will of God for you two to get divorced. Don't trade the farm for the calf with your husband or your wife. It ain't worth it. Don't trade the farm for the calf with your mind. Don't throw your mind away. Keep it pure. Keep it holy. Brethren, don't trade the farm for a calf in your ministry. I'd love for all you preachers to get around this altar. And if you ain't got nothing else to pray for, I want you to pray for me. Pray for Brother Ricky. Pray for Brother Eric. Let's pray we don't throw our ministries away. Let's pray for Brother Jason. God will fill him and anoint him. Brother, all these, let's, let's pray. Let's just don't do it. You've been looking at the world. You've been listening to the world. You've heard about the younger brother out there living it up, partying it up. Boy, I'd like to give it a whirl. I want to commend you for staying home. I want to commend you for being faithful to your mom and faithful to your daddy. I want to publicly thank God. I, I, my children, my three children are here this afternoon, Brother Gravett. I want to publicly thank God that I ain't had to go to the world and yank them back in. Ain't none of them perfect. But we ain't had no prodigals as of yet. Have you had any? you we got it we got to have a right balance I could I could as a parent as a parent don't misunderstand me as a parent I can see why that elder brother may have felt the way he did so let's don't let our children go without a hey I appreciate you I love you I thank you I'm proud of you 
Yeah, we tell them enough when they're doing wrong, but do we ever tell them enough when they're doing right? I do. JP, Elizabeth, Lydia, I love y'all. Thank y'all. But I hadn't had to go drag y'all back in from the world. If I ever do, it's going to be rough. But thank you, we ain't had to do that yet. You ought to go to your mom and daddy and hug them tonight. You ought to go to your parents and say, Thank you for providing me a place. Father, I pray that you'd help. Nobody needs to get in a hurry in this invitation, Lord. Touch, move, and bless, and we'll bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.